to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, podcast number 174. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang. Not sure where you ended up. So spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And we're in parts around there, still in the COVID quarantine. So we're in these undisclosed locations around Sugarland, Texas. So, but we're not pastors. We're just regular guys. You know, each of us are on this individual faith journey. And we recognize that, uh, that you are too. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce our panel. And what we have here is we basically take a ABF or adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school lesson uh discuss it among our panel kind of update it and also put a man spin around on it so uh we're gonna go ahead and uh introduce our panel this evening and you know we recognize we have a diverse panel going to introduce them by only not only with what they do but a little bit a little bit more about them so you might identify with one or the other um you know, a little more closely. And uh, our producer is a uh, world-class policy writer and a bit of a professional gambler. That's producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Yo. Hey, I identify with the gambling. <laughs> I, about to I, I, I can't play poker. This <laughs> Not <ain't> really. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, oh, man, it's, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm, I, yeah well, a- actually, it does when I play because I'm a loser. So, uh, we have an attorney, and he's also a prosecutor, so he could uh, defend you or he could throw the book at you. That's uh, Michael Cropper, and we call him the judge. He's here. Yep. And we have a uh, corporate trainer at a Fortune 100 company. He's kind of the uh, theologian of the group. Um, Robert Koshu, we call him the professor, is here as well. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm the host. I'm basically just a sales guy. And what we do is we are we use different publications. We're in the Connect 360. This particular study that we're going through is a study of the Holy Spirit. And these publications are outstanding. They're by Baptist Way Press and Living in the Spirit. And so what we're going to do is uh, just go around and get some overview of this week's lessons from the panel. And we'll start with Mr. Steve Titch. Well, I'm going to crib from... John Apio, who's a who's who's a chaplain at uh, Bentob Bentob Hospital, and he led our lesson Sunday, and he said, basically, we're called in this passage to be witnesses, um, with due deference to Mike, not not judges, not attorneys. Right. Not attorneys. We're called to be witnesses. Um, and uh, 
By that, uh, we mean we not only share what we've seen, but what we've experienced and our knowledge. And that's a that's a good jumping off point for me, uh, because you know it's always difficult sometimes to talk about witnessing. Excellent, uh, Judge Michael Cropper. Yeah, today's lessons is actually a one verse lesson. Bill will be reading it later. Yeah, really, <laughs> this is a difficult one, right, Bill? Okay, <laughs> folks, we are, we uh, I, I think Bill mentioned it, maybe Steve mentioned too. The the lesson comes from Acts one, verse eight. But just prior to that, just let me go through it with you. Just set the uh, uh, the the I guess Stage. the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The setting for the scripture itself. You got to really know a little bit more about it than just the scripture. Uh, the setting is in the first seven verses of Acts, and Jesus has died, and Jesus has been resurrected, and he comes back and appears to his apostles and disciples for about 40 days, and everyone, the, the lesson is entitled Go Now, and it teaches just what Steve said. Uh, Jesus makes some visits back to the disciples and apostles, and he tells them while he is visiting that uh, a lot of things, he reemphasizes things about teaching about the kingdom of God, which he taught while he was walking among them and teaching people and teaching the gospel and healing people. But when it was time to, to leave again after the 40 days, he told his apostle disciples, he says, stay in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise that I remind you of from the Father. It's one that I have told you about, and of course, which John told you about. And remember, John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days after. Now that's verse three. In verse six, the apostles, apostles and disciples assembled together and they asked Jesus, is it at this time you will restore the kingdom of Israel? Because they're telling, he's telling them that they're going to receive a power and their belief and many of the Jews' beliefs is that the Messiah or the Son of God will come and he will lead the people of Israel to conquer their enemies and get back their country. So they're thinking, you're gonna, we're gonna be empowered with, with a power. Is this a time when we're gonna be able to conquer our enemies? And Jesus answered that in verse seven. He says, it's not for you to know the times of season when God, which God has under his authority. So he deflected their request and their, their seeking to know the answer when, uh, when we will fight and when they will fight again to get the kingdom of Israel restored. Instead, it comes back to the verse that Stephen and Bill will read in just a moment. You see, I just want to remind you, Jesus was the Lamb of God. He takes away the sins of the world. But he says, when you, well, let, let me just wait on that and I'll let Bill read verse 8. What I'm trying to do is set it up for you folks so you see what <laughs> the text of verse 8 is. All right. Excellent. Professor, so one of the common recurring themes in Man Up is that different scriptures mean different things to us at different times of our lives as we read through them and see them. So if someone wants another take on this particular verse, it was included in a series of verses. I think it was Acts 1, 1 through 14 in podcast 31 when we did going viral as the birth of the church. And so at that point, we were talking about the church being born, and this is sometimes referred as it, it's, it's equivalent to the passage in Matthew that gets referred to as the Great Commission. 
but it is the equivalent passage to that. But this time we're going to narrow down, focus in just on this one and how the power of the Holy Spirit comes in to empower us to be able to do the witnessing and be able to, to create the church. And so it was interesting in the youth group we studied, um, we're studying God's forgiveness of sins. And the early name for the church is called, was called the way. It was often referred to as the way. And so the way was only empowered to begin and start the way it did because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to start seeing this in parallel as we look through. But I, I'd encourage our listeners, go back and listen. That was a great series. It was, I think, the we, we did a couple from the tail end of John Maxwell's uh, Life at Work book. Then we did the right, right. Genesis. And this was actually the second book series, the second series we did um, going viral, The Birth of the Early Church. And it's podcast 31, where we talked about Acts 1, 1 through 14. So I encourage our listeners, go back, listen to that one again, give it another listen and see parallels and differences as a part of that as you go through. Yeah, excellent. And those are uh, all those are archived and free and available on SoundCloud. If you just go in uh, on SoundCloud.com and uh, search for Man Up, and there they are. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'll read the verse, and it's short. Awesome. Uh, this is Acts 1, uh, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I have to agree with the professor in the comment that he said that at different points of your life, the Bible and the lessons mean different things. And one thing that I was taught, um, as I've shared before, uh, we were pig farmers and my parents were Methodists, but I went to a Mennonite church. And one of the things I remember from them, and because when you're growing up, you, do, you don't really have your mission down. But what I took away, and I don't remember if they said this specifically, your challenge is your mission. Whatever challenges you, that should be your mission as as a man and how you, how you lead people is how you deal with that challenge. And up until, well, I guess that's one of the reasons why I, uh, with, with Michael Cropper, I wanted to be involved with man up because I never had any brothers. And this is a brotherhood of men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And I didn't really want, to necessarily deal with pastors. I wanted the input and the faith from regular guys that were going through what I did. And then as I've gotten older, I've had different challenges such as being a parent. And now with my health, being somewhat handicapped and going through these surgeries, the challenge is your mission. And that's kind of what I have feel that this particular lesson has reinforced in me. So let's talk about that for a little bit, because 
I, I think as we see different challenges in our life and in our lives, and, and this in particular is a really good time to talk about it, because l- let's talk about the challenges we face as Christians right now, trying to share our faith with other people or be a part of our, try to let people understand our faith and how we work, because that's a challenge right now. You know, if you really, if you, if you really try to talk to people about your faith and, and I'm not talking about high level gloss, I'm a Christian, I go to church. Most people look at that and go, okay. But if you try to make stands on issues that are clearly biblical, and I'm not going to try to go into anything, you know, how many angels can you fit on the head of a pen kind of arguments, but, you know, clear biblical mandates. If you try to talk about any of those with anybody right now, you're going to be a narrow-minded bigot at best (laughs) at this point. I don't know if you have to, though. I like this point that challenges the mission. Um, because that that every every not time I I really listen in on meetings or pastors or groups who talk about mission work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not talking about biblical issues. It's first starting with sharing your story, and because everyone has one. Um, and it's also about doing, uh, and, and I've mentioned this on lots of occasions, certainly, certainly it's worth talking about. You just not doing things in silence, but letting, letting your identity as a Christian show through your, your attitude, your, how you treat other people. Uh, how you, you know, your, your, your ethics, all that, you know, without, I mean, we can talk, we can argue among ourselves, uh, doctrine and, and, and rules and and laws. I mean, so, so, you know, you're gonna, and, and, and I do think, Robert, you're right. It's, it's, it's a losing proposition to try to get into uh, debates unless, unless, Unless it's brought up in in earnest, unless somebody's you know, and and maybe and maybe it, it takes a little attitude, but it takes a little time to do that, and and certainly there are people. The moment you say you're a Christian, you're going to be judged about it, but you can't control that. So, really, and I and I, and I think like, and I, I go back to saying, mission doing missions is not being the the street corner preacher or the guy down the hall, or the, you know, the holy roller, or anything stereotypical. I, I think to get to the Holy Spirit, the, you're a vessel, as, as, as the pastors like to say, you are a vessel. But there are different types of vessels. Look at, look at, look at containers on your shelf. Now, you've got, you, I was thinking the other day when I was taking care of my lawn, there are a number of ways to water your lawn. You can do it with a hose and a sprinkler, and that's delivering water. It's irrigating, and water is really important, but you got a lot of water coming out, um, and it's going everywhere. Or, you know, there are places sometimes you want to have a, a watering can, you know, just uh, pour the sprinkling water around the, the flowers or the plants. 
that's that's really important too and that's doing things so you've got two different vessels doing the same thing in different ways you've got a hose and you've got a watering can and some christians are hoses and they're very good at doing that at at, at spreading the word that way other people are watering cans and there's no right way as long as you're working toward expanding the kingdom. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that analogy for a quick second. Uh, and some guys, some people are regrettably, I'm gonna add, are fire hoses. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. they come full force, full on. Right. And and those are the ones I'm talking about that. There Whether time, it's a fire or a matchstick. Bingo. There are times you need a full-on, full-stream pressure fire hose on a fire. But there are a lot of times you really need to just do a little squirt of water, like you said, Bill, to put it out. And I, I think and this, this comes into, I think this is a good time to talk about, Mike, you may want to chime in, a good time to listen to the spirit about what type of water do you need to be as you go through? Because there are times it's appropriate to be the fire hose. There are times it's good to be the little, the water hose with the, with the regular head on it with the, and, and I've got one of those nozzles that I can do eight different sprays from my water hose, depending <laughs> on what I want to do. Well, little, little the Swiss right army. Hose. Yeah. <laughs> the, the selector, you know, and there are times I want a nice shower spray. There are times I want to miss spray. There are times I need the full-on action of the hose. And I think they're, you know, listening to the spirit to figure out where you need to be and how you need to present it. I think that's that's one of the more important parts of this lesson. It's funny you should important. ask, Robert. <laughs> <Aha>. <laughs> yeah, what, what is, I uh, knew he had something. <laughs> yeah, oh, you bet your life. That, uh, there's so much a bigger picture to the Holy Spirit than just take his power and use it to witness. You have to discern his direction. Uh, you have to be taught by him. You have to relate to him. In fact, uh, while we're on this and we can come back to what you were asking me about where to, you have to know where to aim the water, right? And the Holy Spirit has to go before you to pre prepare someone's heart. If he wants you to witness for Jesus Christ, and, and, and we should be, he has to prepare the heart to receive the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, just for a man of practical application, I've tell you, I was reading and I wrote down a couple of notes. How does the Holy Spirit relate to me? And by the way, we can come back to what you said also, Robert, in page 42 in this teaching teaching guide. The 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 person, the author of the lesson, told us we must look for the wind of the Holy Spirit, right? Like in a sailboat. Very, very interesting concept because you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But anyway. Uh, how does the Holy Spirit relate to me? Well, he teaches me and he guides me. He's a teacher and he is available to teach me in every uh, uh, every area of my life. So I'm going to just switch over a second and read you uh, uh, the first reference to this. In John 14, 26, Jesus told his disciples, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This is from Jesus telling his disciples. And the Greek word for this, and I know Robert, Steve, Bill, I know you've all heard this, parakletos, in this passage is translated the helper as the advocate and counselor. And, boy, and of course, I like the word counselor. 
<laughs> the, the meaning of this word relates to legal counsel. And I found this, uh, of course, I went bananas. The Holy Spirit <laughs> teaches us, y'all can imagine, the Holy Spirit teaches us and counsels us and reminds us of what Christ taught us so that we grow and mature in him. So we grow in, in the spirit when we seek his direction and follow where he is leading us. And then the where he works as, I, I like to think of this as a prosecutor, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. And I know you guys are familiar with this passage too. In addition to providing wise counsel, us attorneys also provide evidence used to convict criminals. In a similar fashion, the Holy Spirit will prove the sin, righteousness, and judgment of the world. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now, this is from John 16, 7 and 8. It is to your advantage that I go away. Jesus is telling the disciples again, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. That if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So it's important, Robert, what you guys are aiming at with the hose, whatever it is, to, to witness for the Lord, you have to kind of be prepared ahead of time. Right, guys? You know that when you're going to speak and, you know, just like right now, guys, didn't we read the lesson before we came on here? We didn't just pick up the scripture and and say, okay, we're going to read and talk about this lesson of the direction of the Holy Spirit and teaching us to witness or giving us power to witness. Instead, we read the scripture. Robert, you teach. Steve, you teach. Bill, you're a great disseminator of, of you can look at a tree. You can see the forest real easy through just reading the scripture several times or a couple of times. And we do prepare for this so that the Holy Spirit can guide us and lead us in a direction. And I will stop for just now, but Robert, thank you for the opportunity to share on that part with the, uh, the hose and the water and the Holy Spirit. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We will be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for The Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is podcast number 174. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, but we're each on this individual faith journey. We are in uh, Living in the Spirit. This is our lesson four. Um, and the scripture is Acts 1, verse 8 that we read. And the thing about it is about this particular lesson that, that I really like is that Jesus indicated that his holy, uh, that his global strategy would only be possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you think about it, if you are a person of faith, I've always kind of used this example, uh, the example of the barrel. Everybody has the outside barrel. Everybody uh, has a body that they 
work out, that they educate, that they feed, all of that. It's people of faith that fill that barrel. And each of these lessons, like we've talked about, and I believe it was uh, the professor was talking about earlier, is that they mean different things. The lesson's the same, but it will mean different things for you as you go through different seasons of your life. Prime example, when I was a teenager and I was getting ready to graduate from high school, I was seeking and I really didn't know what I was going to do. And so I was talking with other people that were not only seeking, but also some people that were mentors. Well, at this time of my life, I'm not really seeking, <laughs> you know, I am already led by the spirit. I'm in some or many instances, I'm, I'm more of a mentor. I mean, I, it's, it's changed. It's changed my direction, but I'm still being led by the Holy Spirit. And I really like the idea that your challenge is your mission. When I was a teenager getting ready to get out of high school, my challenge was, what do I do next? That was my challenge. That was my mission. Uh, what to do next. At this point in my life, it's totally different. It's the challenges that I have with my mobility and to help other people that are having the same challenges. Uh, also, being a parent, being a leader, that is, you know, uh, that's a challenge for me. And many men are out there, and those of those men that are listening, the challenges that you have, you're not alone in that challenge. You are not. And that, to me, is your mission. If you ever wondered what it was, start there. You know, I'm, I'm really glad... Um that we talked a little bit of how this, this chapter begins. I think the editors at, at Connect 360, after doing Daniel, where we were doing chapter long, six minute long readings, finally said with this, hey, hey, we're gonna, we're yeah. gonna cut these passages <laughs> down to yeah. as small as we can. And I'm sure the, the authors felt that same way because you know right. you had a you had to write an, you had to write your piece when you were doing Daniel on on, on sometimes 30 or 40 verses of scripture. So, but here we made, the, what's, what's very nice that in, at the beginning of Acts, which was written by Luke, he makes a reference to uh, John the Baptist. Uh, he quotes Jesus saying, for John baptized with water, in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so we, we did two of the last three weeks, we talked about that baptism scene and the idea of being baptized with water and then being baptized with the spirit. Well, here's, here's the big moment. Jesus is saying this is going to happen. And, and of course, he's looking ahead to, to Pentecost, which, which, which will occur in, in, in Acts chapter two. Um, but the, where I'm going with this is it's, you really can't do anything without the spirit. 
at least you you can't you can't do anything uh kingdom focused the god and the holy spirit through the holy spirit directs you uh i like the image we talked about the wind in the sails um and once you know really the feeling that spirit is is so part of it and and being open to it and, and again that was something also we talked about last week i want to kind of, kind of maybe talk about it more because last week we talked about there were times where we felt the spirit was missing um there are times when you know you feel the spirit is with you uh like i think when we yes. do this podcast or when we do the sunday when you do the man up on sundays uh when yes. you get back together and do that right uh, right right but <laughs> but also but you know when you're when you're or even when i'm prepping a lesson um or 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 you know doing you know editing the podcast there's 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 a there's a there's uh, you sometimes feel at least you know spiritually that wind at your back you're you're you feel you feel like you've you're you're you're, you're uh, there's something there's something there with you i would have to agree with that and and as we've talked about before the faith muscle needs to be exercised on a regular basis. It's, it's like a, it's like a discipline. It's, it's moving forward in a faith way, as opposed with being blown back and forth by the winds of change. The fact that you, that you do have a spiritual direction. And I think that's important for people as, as you go through life, because money comes, money goes, relationships come and relationships go. But faith should be something that we can just continually build on and be able to depend on guiding us in the right direction on how we take things that happen to us. It may not change what happens to us, but what it does change is our attitude on how we take it and let it affect us. And that's well, what I think. And, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to add to your coming and going, and this is really important for men. It used to be you got a job or a career and you pretty much stayed with that job or career your entire life. The average man is going to have at least two to three different careers in today's world. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, he worked for the government and then he does the same thing in the private sector. I'm talking about complete 180 degree different career. That is becoming a real thing in today's society. And, and men in particular have this because they get wrapped up in their career and their job and they develop their identity with that. And I think that is a bigger argument than anything else for us to lock in our faith, to have one thing that holds us together because we're, you know, like you said, Bill, money comes and goes, relationships come and go, and our jobs and our careers come and go. But the one constant yes. is our faith and how we live our faith. And I think that is the one thing that we have to lock in on 
And, and it's funny you mentioned exercising your faith muscle. Um, the author points out in the study about one of the things we talk about is listening to the Holy Spirit. Well, how do we do that? Well, it's kind of like listening for everybody else. If you really want to hear what somebody has to say, you have to listen to them, which means you have to shut your mouth. And there's a few presidential candidates I'd like to go make sure that they understood that <laughs> a little bit um, so people could hear what the other one had to say. Um, but the author talks about creating space for the spirit by building healthy relationship with other believers so that you can discern moments together. Um, meditating on scripture has a way to know God more fully. And then living a life of prayer with a practice of deep listening um, to God's voice. And I think those are three things, and the author puts those in there. And I think those are three things we're really called to do as Christians. And, and they're, they're the, what we call classical spiritual disciplines of fellowship, meditation, and prayer. But we, we like to refer to them as exercising your faith muscle, because that's one of the things we always talk about. Yeah, and Robert, uh, the, the good thing you brought up with the, the author was saying, because he also, he also says we should be listening to the Holy Spirit in things that we do not like or from people that we might not agree with, right? And I don't like that. I'm going to tell you, I don't like that. He says, if, if we really believe the Holy Spirit is guiding us or leading us uh, in questions of accountability, and by the way, again, I, I read the scripture earlier that he is our paracletos. He teaches us. He leads us. He guides us in everything if we will let him, if we're open to him. And the, uh, the, the author asks us in uh, reference to the thing I just mentioned as far as negative teachings or teaching being taught from people we don't necessarily get along with that rub us wrong. He says, do I enter a church business meeting? Do I expect the Holy Spirit to speak through everyone who is present? Do I believe the Spirit could be speaking as I stand in conflict with a brother or sister in my con congregation? Am I, in other words, am I open to hear that maybe I need to learn something from someone I don't agree with? And he says, am I taking the concerns of my committee members as serious as I should be if I believe they are spirit-filled people, right? And have I let the tension with a member of my Sunday school class distort my ability to discern the movement of the spirit with them? I'll tell you what, when, when, when you have disagreements people whether it's at work and we we don't just do this at church guys right we have to do it in our work mm -hmm. we have to do it all around us uh when when i disagree with my boss i have to go back and say lord was she i don't agree with her but what is what she's saying be going to be beneficial to you beneficial to me beneficial to everybody even though i don't agree with it and i don't like it and that's, that's the important thing about learning and listening to the Holy Spirit, right? And sometimes, uh, guys, we, we talk to each other. Sometimes when we're not on the podcast, folks, uh, it, it's good to have a Christian brother or good sisters, men, that you can talk to and bounce these things off and see if you're missing the guidance and the wind of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Robert, Excellent, Mike. And That's with good, that, Mike. we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We will be right back. 
are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, podcast number 174. And uh, we're talking about living in the spirit. And I think personally for me that <clears throat> when I'm, when life is going good, I'm probably the worst at giving thanks for what is going good in my life. I should, I should live gratefully, but you just get this, or I get this kind of selfish as if, it's all me and and I should absolutely know better. However, I I meditate and I pray hard when things are going bad. <laughs> you know, when things are really challenging for me. And and I think I really need to develop more an attitude of gratitude to be more consistent in the praying and the meditating and connecting with the spirit. And I think about the, about time being the past, you know, the present and the future. And you think about the different people that you uh, run into uh, the people that all they talk about is, they live in the past. They talk about their glory days or, or the really selfish people, uh, you know, the, the now, you know, I got to have it now. And then the dreamers that don't even pay attention to now, but all they're, all they're doing is planning for the future. You know, my life will be great when this happens. And, and it's like they, they never get there. Whereas, I mean, as men, uh, we've, I mean, yeah, you've got to acknowledge and, you know, kind of reconcile your past. You got to live in the, uh, the present and, and you're responsible for planning for the future. And when you, when you blend all that together, uh, and bring it to God and let the spirit guide you the three kind of interlock together. And it seems to me that's a, that's a good consistent way to live life. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, consistency in life, I don't want to be too high. I don't want to be too low. I think being consistent in life is a better quality of life 
for me. So I uh, just kind of want to throw that out there. It, it, it's being, it's having the consistency to build the quality. I, I always feel that being consistent in what you do builds the quality in what you do as you do things to do it consistently. And, and I think that's one thing when we talk about listening to the spirit and going back to the things we want to do, it's not just, Oh, I need to read my Bible. I hadn't done it in three weeks. So I need to do it. Um, I need to pray today. I hadn't prayed in about six days. It's having that consistent time where I'm reading the Bible. I'm fellowshipping with others. I'm um, praying. I'm serving, serving, service is actually a, a classical spiritual discipline, by the way, <laughs> right, right. As, as you look at it, it's doing all of those things consistently that is where you build it. it, it it's the easiest way I can describe it is if you're an athlete, you don't work out every third or fourth day <laughs> and hope to see, yeah, yeah, you've got to do it every day and all right. the time. And I think to be able to listen to the spirit, as Mike was talking about, to let him counsel us, to let him be the wind in our sails, as Steve referred to it, we have to be doing the spiritual disciplines. We have to be exercising that faith muscle consistently on a daily basis. And, 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 and true confession time, you want to know what two days I have the hardest time in the world spending my time in prayer and having my quiet time in reading scripture? Anybody want to make a guess? I'd say Saturday is one. That's correct. Saturday and Monday. Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> because I do I read scripture on Sunday? Yeah, at Sunday school, church. But, but uh, okay. those two days are my worst days. Why? Because when I get up in the mornings. So, by the way, Steve, you may have noticed I'm off on my tweets now. It's because I'm going back to the office. <laughs> I, I'm actually back working at my office 50% of the time now, and we're scheduled to go back 100% on the 19th. But my pattern got broken <laughs> of when I was doing right. certain things. And, and that's the same thing that happens on Saturday and Sunday. During the week, I have a very set pattern of things I do. I get up, I shower, I shave, I come out, I fix myself my breakfast, and I sit there and I read and have my quiet time really while I'm eating my breakfast. And then I get ready and leave to go to the office. Saturday and Sunday, I don't do that because I don't have a set. Most Saturdays and Sundays, I don't have a set wake up time. Right. And so those are the days that are harder for me to be disciplined about. it. Right. I would agree with you that on, on the uh, as far as hearing the Holy Spirit, what you're getting to, Robert, you have to be disciplined and you have to find what works for you. Well, I was in mm -hmm. law school. I had, uh, I was married, had three children, and I could not study at home. I mean, there was no way I could study at home. I tried, but I had to get away and get by myself and focus on what I needed to learn. And, and I think it's the same with the Holy Spirit, which I, I, I think you're getting at, right? You said uh, the, the author says proper preparation of our spiritual ears to discern the movement of the Holy Spirit becomes critical to drown out the noise of life that are spiritually, that are spirit inspired. 
Spiritual discernment should inform you how you hear the Holy Spirit. It should inform you how you see as well. 24-hour news cycles, habitual social media use, and streamed content will make it very difficult for us to hear a still, small voice and for it to penetrate our hearts and minds of even the most well-intentioned Christians. I know that I tried to go, I, ever since I became a Christian, I heard you need a quiet time. Well, I, I don't like discipline that way, but you know what? It's true. If you guys, you get by yourself and you read the Bible and you ask the Lord to guide you and ask him to show you how you can apply this to your life and maybe to other person's life, you really can hear from him. It's really true. And the best part is you can start enjoying it if you do it enough. Anyway, that's modern, modern media is noise it they, it is it is it's it is i tell i mean listeners if you want pause the podcast go turn on either fox news cnn any one of the cable news channels and you will see not first of all you'll get the you'll get the announcer the news reader speaking to you there yeah. will be a a a feeder thread running underneath the screen telling you what's going on this the espn does it too. just to equal up see if you're a sports fan you get the same thing there's 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 so there's the, you're being reported you're being told the news you're going to be reading other news underneath and there's probably some sort of you know a stinger being flashed at you coming up next you know trump's new trump's new press secretary says son and so um it's it's it is, it's noise. And at some point you wonder, is, is the whole thing not only a distraction, but a distraction of a distraction? I agree, I agree. So it, 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 the problem is, and, and I'm gonna get a little neurological here, it creates cognitive dissonance in the mind because you don't know where your mind is trying to go because you're trying to focus on three to four to five to six different things. And then your brain doesn't know what to do. No, no wonder you're anxious. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, this no, has got to be. No, you're totally correct about that. Right. You are 100% correct that, that you get cognitive distance in your brain and then your brain doesn't know what to do. And then, and then now I'm going to tie it all back together. Then you get where Bill said, you don't have any grounding in your life that you have a faith piece to tie it back to. So you've got, your relationships are coming and going, your money's coming and going, your career's coming and going. Then you get all this cognitive dissonance from the news because you've got a story at you. You've got the crawl on the bottom. You've got the flash coming up. You're trying to process all of this That's and right. you have no spiritual grounding in your life. So you don't know where to go with it or how to I, do it. I would assume and then you leads, can't listen. <laughs> I, would, I would assume this leads to lack of sleep too. Yes. From what you're saying, if you go to bed and lay down and your mind is totally jumbled Yep. Or, or conglomerated, right? You don't even know how to start to sleep. How to start to relax. Right? Laugh at me, but the last month or so, I have found a series of I don't care documentary type stuff that I just don't care. I mean, one of them was the ultimate timeline of the Marvel movies. It was an hour and 30 minute long documentary of clips and stuff. I'll sit there and play that on YouTube to kind because of, my brain doesn't care about it <laughs> so i can shut it down so i can go to sleep at night <laughs> well excellent we're going to go ahead and uh get some final thoughts from the panel about this uh particular uh lesson some absolute some great discussion 
And how about some takeaways uh, for the people? And start with Mr. Steve Titch. Well, we, we talked about exercising your faith muscle and we talked about uh, disciplines and doing that every day. And what you get in athletic terms is what they call muscle memory or why a, why a pro quarterback can drop a football in the same place at the same time, 20, 25 straight throws. Uh, because you do it over and over again, golfing, tennis, uh, you're, you're literally, your muscles take over the idea of, you know, you don't, I mean, you're not really thinking about it anymore. You're trained, you've done it so many times that it just literally occurs naturally. And that's what you've got to do with your, with your faith muscle and, you know, you know, start, and then it starts that you start to do it by naturally. Then it, and it extends into your behavior, your thinking, your attitude, uh, your, your all, your, you begin consciously walking with the spirit. You consciously do it and do it. And suddenly it's there and uh, it's, it is active. And I think that's, that's part of embracing the Lord. That's part of the, the sanctification process. So uh, exercise your faith muscle until it becomes a matter of muscle memory. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, uh, takeaway from this week's lesson. Yeah, Bill, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, can I hear the Holy Spirit? And, and that's what we've been talking about. And I, I really want to just reemphasize that. And I, 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 I like the, the author's reference again to the wind that if you're in a sailboat and you're you must catch the wind if you want to sail by the, uh, the the strength or the power of the wind. And of course, today's lesson was being empowered by the Holy Spirit to help us witness and to witness for the Lord. So the question again, I ask you and, and a practical a practical suggestion for me is that, am I looking for the Holy Spirit to guide me? Am I looking for the Holy Spirit to guide me at work? Wherever I go, whatever I do, am I sensitive to him? Uh, we've got to prepare our spiritual ears, as we've said so far, to listen and hear his direction. And can I hear the small, still small voice of the Holy Spirit as directed from God or just the Holy Spirit? Can I hear him if he is speaking to me? And the answer to that is, as Robert so aptly put it, and Steve aptly put it, our TVs are noise, and they can not only distract you, they can confuse you if you let it do it, and they can get you to a point at which you are stressed. And that can occur at work, too, if you're trying to do too many things at once. So, folks, my practical recommendation for you is do slow down. Slow down the evening, especially before you go to bed. Maybe read the Bible. Maybe read some scriptures. Robert has, has found something that he said makes him relax and he can turn it off and that's simply he can watch clips of the marvel movies i could not do that i would get very very my mind would get running 100 miles an hour so i find something else that works for me whether it's reading the scripture or pray for five minutes and uh and i have to get slow i have to slow down i have to get quiet and i have to turn off the noise that's around me but anyway you find what works for you and um, and seek the Holy Spirit, read the Bible, and pray, and catch the wind. Excellent. Uh, take away from you, Professor. 
I'm not going to add much except, you know, find a way to exercise your faith muscle daily, you know, so that you can listen to the spirit. Because the only way you're going to listen to the spirit to have him empower you to know to know which of the fire hose nozzles you should be using in that situation or to be know, hey, you know what? I disagree with this person, but you know what? Maybe I ought to listen to them and what they're saying to me because it might be important for me to know that. You know, it, the only way to do that is to really exercise your muscle daily and find a way to do it. And, and as Mike said, I do mine in the morning before I go to work because that's just what I have found works for me. Um, if you can't do it in the morning, do it in the evening. Do it at lunch. I, I mean, you know, take a, take a brief moment and do those things so that you can pause to reflect on who God is and what God has in store for you. Because that's really the only way you're going to be able to exercise your muscle right and develop the muscle memory. Steve talked about, love that term. That's a term we use all the time in training is muscle right. memory. Um, so that you can hear what the spirit has for you. Excellent. And uh, my takeaway is that I feel that the vast majority of men, particularly uh, not only on this podcast, but listen to this podcast, uh, are men of faith. And a lot of times their big challenge is what do they do with it? <clears throat> you might be using a water hose or a fire, fire hose to put out a fire. You might be using uh, water to water some flowers, or you might have that water in a canteen and be sharing it with a person on their faith journey that may have stumbled and need some water, whatever, whatever is your challenge, start, start with that being your mission. And with that, we want to go ahead and get a couple of closing thoughts from uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, I, I just want to switch gears a bit. We, we just spent a little bit of time uh, <laughs> with some skepticism about screen time, but I, I do want to I do want to bring up something separately, uh, especially for parents of sons, and boys. Um, and things that are happening in this pandemic, especially because so many kids, boys and girls are are socially isolated, not through their own choice, but simply because of the way things are. And uh, when it comes to screen time, I know we Christians, uh, certainly uh, we, we like to have limits on what our kids are doing on the internet, what they're seeing. Um, and I'm not suggesting any of those, you know, get dropped or, or, or removed, but uh, parents who have tight limits on their son's internet-based video games, and I'm talking about video games, not when they're just playing it, but they're also talking to their friends at the same time. They're online. Um, oh, the interactive lot of, ones. The interactive. And a, a lot, okay. I mean, they're, they're, you know, like any video games, they, they've got to be, you know, certainly, uh, uh, certainly it takes some, you know, guidance and, and, and parental involvement over the, the games they're playing. But uh, this is the way I've been reading boys stay socially connected. Um, I know that my son's spending a little more time interactive gaming than he had, you know, before the pandemic broke out. He's, he's traded that a little bit with TV time. So, he's, you know, there's no net change there in terms of screen time. Um, but I, I've been reading that's really important. And it's something boys do that's different from girls. Uh, girls will tend to stay on their phones and text. So 
so what I'm saying is you probably have limits for phones as well. But if you're, if you're, if you're allowing a daughter to spend an hour on her phone calling and texting and with her friends, uh, you're, and you're not allowing your son to be with his friends on interactive, you know, internet games, you're not being fair. I'm being blunt. You're not being fair because that's how he stays connected. And look at kids today, even, even if they're doing face-to-face, uh, they've got to deal with social distancing. There's no school clubs or extracurriculars. They're the usual social outlets. They're not meeting. Lunchrooms are under tight guidelines. The only time boys get to see and be with their friends sometimes is through the really, you know, online gameplay. So, so give them a break out there. Uh, certainly don't don't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to drop all your restrictions, all your limits, but be aware that it's, it's, it's something healthy that they stay in touch and stay connected with their friends. Excellent. And Thanks. So I, much. I asked Steve if I could chime in for a second. And, and all I'm going to say is, and I'm going to do this super, super quick, is that Steve's got a good point. This is the only social interaction you're getting. Anytime parents put hard and fast limits on things and aren't willing to adjust some things according to the specific situation, i.e. we're in a pandemic, you're in trouble. And that's coming from a guy that raised two teenage boys. And I've been teaching youth for over 35 years. And I have seen the hardcore parents that, you know, it, it, all you do is you push the kids harder than you need to at that point. Look at things right. from, from the piece and look at it. Steve's got a very valid point. Excellent. Good point, fellas. And this has been an excellent podcast. And on behalf of uh, producer Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, my name is Bill Cox. It has been awesome. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. And this is our No Church Answers Tour. So whether you found us on SoundCloud, where we've archived all of our podcasts, Apple Podcast or Pray.com. If you have any questions or comments, uh, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com, which is our website, and post it there. Uh, if you are still in quarantine and are uh, unable to attend a, a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's a traditional Baptist service. That's at slbc.org, and it starts Sunday at 9.45. And when the quarantine is over, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, kind of like what we do here, your basic Sunday school class, and that you can join and have discussions and find one that is men only. If there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up podcast.